instrument, and I love the Lord, and I don't see that instrument on stage, we want to get you up on stage with that. Uh, these guys, they come on Wednesdays for like a few hours, and they practice. Then they're here every service on the weekend. Play, play, uh, playing for you guys and for me, uh, and they're just amazing. So we are super thankful for the band. If you are like, man, I want to get in the band, talk to Serena. She does all student leadership. There she is, or the blue shirt. She does all student leadership, and she would love to get you up there playing and practicing. It'd be great. So uh, that's all I have for the band. Now, I have two things for you guys, three things, three things. You can do the Young Life peace sign. Three things uh, with what's happening. What's happening? Perfect, perfect. Okay, here we go. So first thing is this. Before we get to the weekly thing, we have a thing called the challenge, the summer challenge, all right? We got a taste of it right here. This is just a little snippet, just a little taste of it. Boys versus girls always in JHM because the guys are competitive and the girls are more intelligent because they're uh, more mature and they know that they're going to win eventually, which has been what history has shown. So, uh Boys, you lost this 11 o'clock service. I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry, sorry actually, because, guys, we just got to do better. Girls, though, you guys took this 11 service. Here's the deal, though. It's not just this one thing. It's like a battle, right? Or it's like a war. It's not just one little battle this morning. We're going to have tons of these. You can gain points, uh, and we're going to get the most points at the end. It's going to get tallied up at summer camp, so you got to make sure you're at summer camp. But you can get points for bringing a friend to service who's never been here. That's like 10,000 points. You can bring get points for, like, bringing your phone and showing a leader that you have your Bible app on your phone. That's like 3,000 points. You can get points for showing up at events. Uh, there's all kinds of points. So you just got to go make sure you're there. Uh, and when you're there and you do the thing, you can memorize a Bible verse for, I think, 7,000. Uh, do that to a leader. They'll tally up the points. And then as summer goes along, guys will be behind like usual, but we'll catch up during summer camp. Girls, you'll be way ahead. And that's just how it is. Uh, so that's the challenge. Now, second thing is, if you guys are new, I met Daniel and George. They're brand new. I'm not sure where they are. Somewhere out there. Uh, there they are. Uh, Daniel and George, they're awesome. If you guys are new today, uh, here's what we have going on during the weeks. We do this every week over summer. Uh, actually, I think like two months worth of something. So here's the deal. We have Over the Top Tuesday. I'm going to explain them all just real quickly. Over the Top Tuesday is where we do wild things. This Tuesday, it's all glow-in-the-dark party. So in here, glow sticks everywhere. Wear white. We're going to have strobe lights. It's going to be all like dodgeball, neon, glow-in-the-dark dodgeball. It's going to be crazy. That's Over the Top Tuesday. Party is doing all music stuff this week. So if you want to write music, if you want to play music, if you want to learn how to like play the flute, which we learned in fourth grade and I forgot, uh, all those things is music with Serena this Wednesday, Thursday is Sand and Swell uh, with Jess and a bunch of the interns. Uh, so make sure you're that. And right before that is JHM Surf. So if you're like, I surf or I want to learn how to surf, you can come to that. That'll be up on Instagram. And then the last one is Friday Night Lights. And I think it's soccer, right? Okay. Soccer for the next two weeks. So it's, uh, that'll be great too. Make sure you're there. Those are our summer events. Now, a lot of you guys have already been going to the summer events. Some of you guys have not gone to any of them. That's fine. You have guards and whatever. But this is what we do in JHM over summer. We're excited for it. Uh, and that's all I have. So we have a video, and then Justin's going to come and talk. So let's, uh, let's watch the video.
pretty good. Hey, welcome to Junior High. My name is Justin. I'm one of the pastors on staff with Junior High, and I'm really happy that you guys are here. If it's your very first time here, welcome to Junior High. I remember my very first time going to church, super, like, risky, uncomfortable. Like, I was like, do I have to go? Should I go? And I went, and I had the time of my life. And I'm happy that you guys are here, and that hopefully we have a Junior High ministry that welcomes people and accepts people. Uh, that's who I want to be about, and that's who I hope we're about. Uh, we're doing a new series called Grow Up, and this is the big idea behind it. We know what growing up looks like when, it, when we talk about physically, like getting taller and growing up, like our age getting older. But when it comes to our faith, do we really know what growing up in our faith and what that looks like? You know, I talk to students all the time, and one of the biggest questions I hear is, how do you grow, like, your faith? Like, how do you mature as a Christian, as a believer of Jesus? How do you grow up that faith? And instead of just kind of talking about it, we thought we would do a whole series on it, and that's what this is about. So for the sixth graders, this is a perfect introduction to what junior high is like over the next three years, because you guys are going to get the chance to really grow your faith in really big ways. And for the eighth graders, you know the deal. You've been around here, and this is like your last big year to— make big strides in your faith, and we want to see that in junior high. That's what we're about. So here's my question to you, okay? Uh, who has a pet at home? Who's a pet at home? All right, all right, pets, a lot of pets. All right, who, where are my dog people, dog people? Woo, 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 woo. They're all barking. All right, where are the, uh, the cat people? You know, meow, meow, meow. All right, good. Uh, anybody, uh, lizard people? Anyone have reptiles, snakes, lizards? Do you have lizards? Do you have snakes? What do you have? What do you have? A gecko? That's so cool. Like the commercials. That's so cool. Uh, what else? What do you have? A water dragon. The word dragon is in his name. I want something with the word dragon in it. That No, no, babe? Uh, I want something. I want a dragon at home. That's so cool. Uh, the last one. All right. What do you got? What do you got? You have a turtle. Turtles are so super cool. I love turtles. All right. Big fan. Uh, so I've heard, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, if you've ever seen this, I heard that the more time, this is like for animal people, the more time you spend around your animal, uh, you, you somehow, like, you start to, like, look like, you know, each other somehow. It's a weird thing. I don't know if you've ever seen anyone that looks like their pet. Uh, I grabbed a couple of pictures. Uh, I think this one's pretty good. Uh, this uh, guy here looks very similar to his pet. Uh, where is it? It is coming up right here, right now. It's almost here. It's as close as this guy looks like his pet. For it, and I think he probably bought that dog. The dog was very young. I think he bought that dog because he wanted to look like his pet, which is even more creepy. That's very creepy. Uh, here's another one, an old lady, I believe, and doing curls, right, involving your dog in everyday life. Very sweet, very beautiful. Uh, this one, I believe this next one is award-winning. This guy, no, seriously, if, this, if, if I knew this guy, I would absolutely have that guy be a leader in here because that guy looks like a bulldog, and I just love bulldogs, so he'd be like my favorite leader. I'd just be like, oh, my gosh. Ralph's here, and you know, maybe his name's not Ralph, but he looks like a Ralph. Uh, and here's the very last one. This is kind of weird. Uh, this kid, and he doesn't look like he likes it. He looks like his parents bought like that dog in order to kind of make the thing, and he looks very, very unhappy. And he's wearing a sweater, which is very weird, okay? Uh, you know, this happens. We see this. Like, you will have an animal, and, you know, maybe you'll start to look like them, and we hear this all the time, and, then, you know, that's a thing, and those are pretty funny. Uh, but, you know, here's the thing. It, it, it kind of highlights a, an idea that I think all of us can kind of agree with, is that we start to look like the people we spend the most of our time with. The people we spend most of our time with, we start to look like the people who are around us. We start to do kind of things they do. We start to act maybe sometimes the ways they act. Like, we start to look like the people around us. Now, as much as that makes sense uh, visually, 
it also makes complete sense in our faith. The people we spend our time around make a big impact on our faith. And here's the thing that's so good. God doesn't say like, oh yeah, that's an accident. God actually says, I did that on purpose. Why did I do that on purpose? Well, I want you to write this down. This is the first point. This is important, okay? Uh, we need other people to help grow our faith. That's why God did it. Because God knew something that was extremely important. The fact that we, as we grow up, so 6th, 7th, 8th graders, okay? Everyone in the room, even adults, it applies to everyone, okay? Uh, Beckett in the back, all right, you need to listen up to this. But here's the thing. We have people around us. The people that we have around us, other people, they help us grow our faith. Uh, they are there to challenge us. Uh, they're there to encourage us. They're there to live life with us. Uh, these people who are around us are not around us by accident. They're there for a reason, to be our friends, to want the best for us, to encourage us, that we could have fun with our friends and do things. But it's not just the fun side of life, that God has a purpose for people being in our lives. And one of those purposes, one of those ways he uses to grow up our faith is through other people. You know, when I was in junior high, have you guys ever heard the story? Have you guys ever heard me talk about Earl before? Who's heard me talk about Earl? Who's never heard me talk about Earl? You have no idea what I'm talking about. All right, sit back and relax. Just don't worry about taking notes right now. Sit back, relax, listen to the story of Earl, okay? Earl was my leader when I was in junior high. Very, very old man, not kind of old, like wrinkles everywhere, missing teeth, like old, like he had fake teeth at one point, which was odd, he'd pull them out and like talk with them. Very fun guy, very, very old. He was a World War II veteran, okay? So he like survived a world war, that's pretty great. And he would tell us these like ridiculous stories, which were all true, I think, maybe embellished a little bit. But when he was like at war and he would be like, yeah, we were there and then like they'd be launching missiles and like people would be exploding and arms would be flying everywhere. And I'd go home and tell my mom that story and she'd be like, what kind of church is this? And she'd call my youth pastor like complaining like, what kind of leaders do you have like running this junior high? Like this is crazy. But you know, the thing about Earl, as ridiculous as his stories were, he had something that was very, very important. He was there every single week, all right? He was the kind of leader that I could count on to be there. Like, you guys probably have leaders like that, maybe a life group leader like that, maybe a staff member or a leader even in this room that's like, I come on Sunday at 11 and I know I'm going to see that person. Earl was that person to me. I knew I was going to see him. Earl uh, prayed with us. He encouraged us. Um, he spent time with us. You know, me and the other guys in my little small group, Steve Priola, John Michael Harrington, Jeff Tick, like, I still remember these guys' names from when I was in junior high. We would all sit together, and Earl was our life group leader, and he would lead us in discussions, help us learn stuff. He, he'd hang out with us. Like, we, he'd come to camp. Imagine an old guy. Like, he walked awkwardly slow. Like, really slow. And he would come to camp with us, and he would go all out. He was a super cool old guy. And he was the guy that helped me see that people other than my parents cared about me in, in a big way. That was really important to me. You know what was also very important to me? He was one of the guys in my life that helped me when I was in junior high, helped me grow my faith. You know, usually, and you guys can write this down because this is a very, you know, very wise statement, I hope. Uh, usually when we tell the stories of the people, uh, it's going to be up here on the screen. I want you to write this down. It's going to be really great. Uh, usually, because uh, I don't have it written down. Hey, Kristen, Kristen, hey. She's texting this guy she met at Country Line Dance with. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Whenever you hear about someone's journey toward God, you always hear them talk about a relationship. Whenever you hear about someone's journey toward God, rather it be, this is how I, you know, 
you know, got connected with God. This is how uh, my faith grew with God. This is how I was challenged to serve or get into a life group or, you know, do student leadership. Like, when, you know, th- I didn't pray, but you know, then I learned to pray, and I never really read the Bible, but then I started reading the Bible, and I learned some stuff. Usually, whenever we tell stories of our journey with God, you always hear them talk about a relationship. You know, you don't hear them say, yeah, I just attended this camp and it all figured out. Or I went to this life group to this house and then it all figured it out. Like I went to junior high on the weekends and kind of all figured it out. You hear them tell stories of, yeah, at camp I was with my cabin. And like we all, and my leader in my cabin, and we all prayed together, and we all challenged each other. And you know, maybe, and maybe at points at camp it got emotional, but, and, but we were there for each other, and we learned together. You know, I went to a, a life group, and my, the guys or girls in my life group, like, they're great. And, and you know, my life group leader was really there for me. You know, when we tell the stories of the journey of our faith, it's always a story we usually tell that includes a relationship with someone else. See, this is what I believe. I believe that God uses our relationship with people to grow our faith in him. So if you're thinking, you're a junior high student, okay, and you're thinking, well, I want to grow my faith in God. Like, what should I do? You know, how do I do it? Where do I even start? Here's the best part. God says, well, I've already started. I have people, relationships in your life that I'm going to use to help you grow your faith in me. You want to know more about God? You should turn to the relationships, the people you have around you. You want to go deeper in your faith to be challenged? Well, maybe you should join a life group. And in that life group, you're going to be challenged. You're going to grow your faith a little bit. You know, you want you know, to serve more. You want to experience what serving looks like. You want to experience what God looks like. Like, not just like the God we talk about and, and it's like up here, God, and, you know, it, we just don't really understand. We want to know what it feels like to have a relationship with God that's real and growing and alive. And you know how you do that? With the relationships of the people around you. Now, here's the thing that's really tough. Sometimes there's a really good relationship, and sometimes there are wrong relationships. I'm going to explain this. I want you to write this down. Just like uh, uh, the right pr- people can move our faith in the right direction, the wrong people can move our faith in the wrong direction. So just like the right people can move our faith in the right direction, the wrong people can move our faith in the wrong direction. So let me explain what this means, okay? This is what it means. I have friends, like me personally, I have friends who do not go to church. They do not go to church. They do not read their Bibles. They do not pray. They do not go to summer camps. They do not care about serving people. Like, that's just not who they are. And they're still some of my very close friends. Now, is it wrong to have friends that don't go to church? Absolutely not is it wrong to have friends that don't go to church. I have tons of friends that don't go to church. But, okay, here's the turn. Here, pay attention. All right, listen. Do I count on those friends to help me move my faith in the right direction? No, because they're the wrong people to help me move my faith because they don't have faith of their own. Does that make them bad people? Does that make them uh, a bad person? Does that make them someone I shouldn't be friends with? No, they're not bad people. They're not a bad person, and you should still be friends with them. But you can't look to them as the people who will help you grow your faith. Whereas if you're in a life group, you know, with a leader, and, you know, you have other friends. Maybe if you're not in a life group, right? Maybe you're not in a life group. But you just have friends that go to church, and you're all people that believe in Jesus, and you can count on those people to move your faith in the right direction. Well, they're going to help you move your faith in the right direction. Does it mean you have to alienate your friends who don't go to church? No. Should you invite them to church? Yeah, you should invite them to church. Are, you know, if you don't invite them to church, am I going to come knock down your door and be, like, angry? No, I'm not going to knock down your door and be angry. I want you to have friends who don't go here. That's fine. Like, it's an okay thing. But the difference is, I don't count on those people, and neither should you, count on those people to help move our faith forward. 
Now, that might make sense to you, but I thought maybe instead of just talking about it, we should try it out. So let's try this. Uh, I need a couple volunteers, okay? Where are some volunteers? Okay. Uh, young lady, okay, in the teal, the girl in the stripe. And let's go with the young lady with the thing in her hair. I don't know what that thing is, but I like it. Whatever that thing is, I want something like that in my hair. Yeah, one. Yeah, I have like a couple hairs that I think are long enough. Um, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, come on, uh, come on over here, girl with thing in her hair. All right, what's your name? Samantha. All right, here's the deal, Samantha. You are, what grade are you in? Eighth grade, okay. Typical eighth grade girl. You are cool. You very fashionable. You come to church, you're great, okay? This ping pong ball is going to represent your faith. And it's going to start over here, okay? You are an eighth grader. Now, here's the thing about your faith as an eighth grader. You have a lot more life to live, and you, like all of us, want to grow in your faith. Because you're not done growing at eighth grade. You have more to grow. Not, we're not talking physically, like, taller. We're talking your faith with God. So what I'm going to ask you to do is take one of these straws, and this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to use the straw to blow the ping pong ball, which represents your faith, to the very end, to past the finish line. Uh, I want you to do it. I want you to do it as quickly as possible. So are you ready? No, you can do as much as you need to do. You figure it out how you need to figure it out. Do it by yourself. Go. So here's the thing. You see this young lady here, and she's blowing her faith, and she's doing the best she can, and she does a really, really good job. Okay, good job. You, hey, everyone give her a hand. She moved her faith really well. She's awesome, okay? Now, here's the thing. Come on back over here, okay? Because here's the thing that we see. You stand right back over there. Uh, here's what we see. We see that sometimes, though, in order to move our faith, we incorporate other people because, you know, the journeys to God, we have people, relationships that we involve in that process. So, she is going to now involve someone in that process to help her move her faith again, but we're going to use you. Okay, what's your name? Michaela, you seem like a really sweet girl, so I'm about to ruin your day. I'm really sorry. Michaela is going to represent the wrong influences in her life. Everyone boo. Boo. But uh, she's a very sweet girl. She's very, very sweet. But in this example, you are going to represent the wrong relations. Okay, you don't go to church. You don't do that. You're not the person to help her grow her faith. You're the wrong person. doesn't mean you're bad. It just means you're the wrong person. So this is what you're going to do. She's going to try it again, moving her faith. Your only job is to blow that ping pong ball off this table. That's your only job, okay? Because, and ready, set, go. Now, here's the thing. Ooh, gosh, that was really quick. Here, throw me that ball. Because here's the thing. This is really simple, right? You're trying to move your faith, but when you involve the wrong people, like, it doesn't move the way you want it to move. Like, if we want to grow our faith, we have to involve people who want to help us grow our faith. So here's what we're going to do. You are now going to help. Uh, you're going to stand over there, okay, next to, on the other side of the table. And here is your ping pong ball again, eighth grader. And I'm going to uh, give you the scenario now, okay? This is a totally different scenario, okay? Now you are trying to grow your faith. And instead of doing it by yourself, you are including people who are helping you. So now instead of being a bad influence, now you're a good influence. And you know what this actually is kind of like? This is like a little life group, okay? And you're going to help her move her faith because how do we move our faith? We involve the right people. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to blow that ball down the table. And girls, this is what I want you, you two to do, okay? You're going to help her uh, be on either side, and you're going to help her move the ball, keep it in the you know, center of the table, get it down to the finish line. You're going to do it together. Are you ready? All right, set, go. So they're going. They're go oh, look at oh, look at some help there. Oh, look at that teamwork. Give them a big hand. Give them a big hand. All right, you guys can go take a seat. You're totally good. All right, you know what I saw on that? This is what I saw. I saw that, you know, you can move it yourself. Like, yeah, she moved it herself. And, it, you know, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, she involved the wrong people and became very hard. But then when she involved the right people, it wasn't just kind of down to the end of the table. Like, it, like, was going off track. 
and there were people around her to help get it on track. And instead of it flying off the table, it went down the center of the table. Here's the thing about your faith. When you involve people in your faith, when things go off track, they are the ones who help you stay on track. That's what's so good about having people help you grow your faith. Now, as much as that idea makes total sense, we're talking about ping pong balls, let's look at the Bible and see what the Bible says about it. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to the book of Acts chapter 4. We're going to start in verse number 7. If you have your phones with you, feel free to pull them out. All right, I want you to use the Bible on your phone. I use the Bible on my phone all the time. Sometimes I even say I'm using the Bible on my phone, uh, and I'm really on Instagram, and, you know, my wife yells at me, and I quickly open up my Bible app, and, you know, I get away with it, and I don't get in trouble. But you guys should learn from my mistakes. Don't not go on your Bible app if you say you're going on your Bible. Just open up your Bible app and just, you know, open it up and use it. And then read it at home. It makes life really easy because then you have your Bible with you wherever you go. So this is what's happening in the book of Acts, chapter 4. Let me set the scene for you a little bit. Uh, Acts is in the New Testament, by the way. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. If you need to use your table of contents, definitely use your table of contents. I use my table of contents literally all the time. So do not feel bad about that. I use it all the time, and I'm your pastor. So if your pastor is going to do it, then you guys should feel safe doing it. Uh, this is what's happening in the story. Peter and John are traveling through a city, and they see a guy there who is lame, means he's paralyzed, he can't walk. And instead of just walking by, they have a conversation with this guy. And they say, well, what can we do for you? And the guy's like, man, it would be great if you could heal me. And so Peter and John healed this man. It was a really big deal. Now, this is what I want you to hear, okay? The people in the city, the people who were, like, in charge, like the religious leaders of the city, they did not like what was happening. They didn't like Peter and John being there. They didn't like him healing people. Uh, they didn't like any of it. So in verse 7, where we pick up the story, uh, they have just kind of been taken, and they are now standing in front of a group of people. It's just the two of them, and this is what happens. Then they had, or they had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? So let me explain what's happening here. They did something incredible in the name of God. Very good stuff. You know, you've probably or maybe been questioned like this somewhere in your life. Maybe you, and this is what I did when I was in junior high, I brought my Bible to school one day. My youth pastor challenged me to. Brought my Bible, and but what I would do is I'd bring my Bible in my bag and then immediately put it into my locker and then take it from my locker and put it back in my bag at the end of the day. Maybe you've done something like that. Well, one day for me, someone saw me with this Bible and asked me about it. They're like, hey, is that a Bible? And it was like that moment for me where I either was going to say, no, this isn't a Bible. Like, that's crazy. Why would you think it's a Bible? It said Holy Bible on the front of it. Why would you think that's a Bible? That's so crazy. Or I would say, yeah, you know, this actually is a Bible. Like, I go to church. Like, you should come with me sometime, whatever, and use it as an opportunity to share my faith. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't know what you think I did in that scenario when I was in seventh grade, but I'm not going to, you know, hold it out. I'm actually going to tell you what I did. I looked at that person and went to my school who was like, is that a Bible? And I said, uh, yeah, uh, I just forgot it in my bag. Like, you know, I don't really know much about it. And I just put it in my bag and I left. I didn't talk about church. I didn't talk about my faith. I didn't talk about the fact that I read it every day. I didn't talk about any of those things. Why? Because I was afraid to talk about it. Like, I didn't even know what to say to this guy. I didn't know how to talk about my faith in seventh grade. Now, I was still very young. A lot of you guys are still young, and you're still growing in your faith, just like I was growing in my faith. And I went to my youth pastor, and what do you think he said when I told him this story? Like, do you think he said, oh, Justin, like, you should have known better. Like, you should have shared with him and invited him to church. Oh, Justin, like, why didn't you have the guts to speak up? Like, well, you know, aren't you listening when I teach? That's, no, of course not. That's not what he said. You know what he said? He's like, you know what, Justin? 
When I was in seventh grade, I was totally afraid too. Like, I totally get it. Hey, next time you're in a situation like that, why don't you try this and try this? Hey, what does your life group think? And we, as a life group, we talked about it. And Earl was there. And Earl was giving his opinion. And then we prayed, and then we were done. And that moment, I remember that moment. I'll remember that forever. Because that's a moment in my life where my faith grew a little bit. Not because of what I read or what I was praying about or, or something I went to. It's because the people who were around me Help me grow my faith. So that's the moment that it's happening for these two guys. By what power are you doing this? Now, they could have easily said, oh, well, uh, it was an accident. Like, we don't know how it happened. Like, this is so crazy. Or they could say, well, we believe in Jesus, and this is how we did it. Well, luckily, you guys can see in the next verse exactly what happened. This is what happened. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. They were very honest, they were very clear, and they were right to the point. And why did they have the guts to do this? Well, because they were in a system where they had people helping grow their faith. You know, this is the thing. We sometimes look at Bible people like this, like James and Peter and John, and you know, we look at, you know, maybe David, or we look at Jonah, or we look at Ruth or Esther, and we say, man, these men and women in the Bible, these are like superheroes. Like, I could never do the things that they're doing. Like, look at, they're in the Bible doing this stuff. Like, I'm just a kid. Like, I'm totally, like, you know, I didn't go to Bible college like you did. Like, I, you know, I'm totally unschooled. Like, there, there's nothing really special about me, I feel. Like, I, I just feel like I'm just a normal, everyday, ordinary person. Like, I can't do the things that these people were doing. You know, here's the thing about that. Back then, these guys were not viewed as these superheroes. These guys were just viewed as normal, everyday people who grew their faith in a big way. You know, they were in a life group with Jesus. That's why we do life groups in junior high, because Jesus did them with his friends. And he got 12 people together who were completely unschooled, completely ordinary. And this is what the people who were there listening to what they said, this is how they reacted to Peter and John. This is what it says. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Okay, listen, listen. Peter and John, unschooled, ordinary men. There's nothing spectacular about them. They did not get a degree from somewhere. They didn't have some title. You know, you know what they had? They had time with people who helped them grow their faith. They spent time with Jesus. They spent time with their friends. They included the right people who helped their faith move in the right direction. They were unschooled. Who feels unschooled sometimes when it comes to faith? You know, they were ordinary. Who feels ordinary when it comes to faith? I can't do the things these guys are doing right. Listen, listen. These people didn't even look at Peter and John thinking they were anything special. They were unschooled, ordinary people just like me, just like you, but there was something different about them that they took note of. These guys had been with Jesus. You guys, you guys, you have the opportunity to be with Jesus. 
to know him, to have a relationship. That's what's so good about being a Christian. It's not just a religion. It's not just a book of facts. It's a relationship you have. And then you have people around you, the right people who are helping grow your faith in the right direction. Here's what I want you to write down. We need, uh, I think we need to identify people who will help us grow and then build a relationship with them on purpose. All right, what does that mean for you guys? You guys need to look around and A, look at yourself. Are you growing your faith the way you want to? Is it growing in the right direction or is it not growing at all? If it's growing in the right direction, then you're doing something that's working. You should keep doing that. If you're not growing your faith, you need to say to yourself, well, who's going to help me grow my faith? You know, who do I need to be around who will help me grow my faith? Who are the right people that I can have around me that will help me grow my faith? Is it a leader? You know, we have a room full of leaders. You know, 11 o'clock, we have a ton of leaders. It's great. We have a bunch of summer interns, a bunch of staff members. If you're looking around thinking, man, I need someone to help me grow my faith, you should look around this room and find someone. And you should build a relationship with them on purpose. Not to get something out of them. I mean, that's, that, that's manipulation. You don't want to manipulate people. This is what you want to do. You want to go to somebody and say, hey, I need to grow my faith a little bit. Can you help me grow my faith? Can you be like part of the group? Like, can I see you every weekend and just say hello to you and, you know, you encourage me? Hey, are, can, can I be connected to a life group where I can get a leader and some other students who will help me grow my faith? Like, can I go to camp and be in a cabin with people who are going to help me grow my faith? Like, and, and it's not just something you wait for. Like, you guys got to go after it. You know, find the people who will help you grow your faith, and you need to create a relationship with them. You need to meet those people. You know, here's a couple questions I want to leave you with before we break up into breakout groups, okay? Ask yourself this. And these are great questions to write down, to think about this week. Maybe you'll see them on Instagram to remind you, all right, because we like to remind you of things. If you're not following the Mariner's Instagram, you definitely should because there's tons of great stuff on there. Uh, ask yourself this. Think about this. Maybe talk over with your parents, talk over with some people. Who could help you grow your faith? This is, that's a simple question, man. Who could help you grow your faith? Is it a leader? Is it a group of students? Is it meeting with a staff member? Is it connecting with an intern and they're going to help you grow your faith? Who could help you grow your faith? Ask yourself that. Here's another one. Whose faith could you help grow? You know, if you're a seventh grader or an eighth grader and you're not serving and you're like, I want to help grow someone's faith, you should start serving in the port, student leadership. You should get into a room with first graders or second graders and you should help them grow their faith. And if you have a sibling, like if you're an older brother or sister, and listen, I know the sibling thing, like I know that shit's kind of crazy. If you have a younger brother or sister, you can help them grow their faith. You can be the person to help move their faith forward because we need people to help us move our faith. Uh, and here's the last one. What are you going to do about it? Because here's the thing. Everyone lands somewhere on this, especially when it comes to like the growing of our faith. Everyone, everyone is somewhere in their faith. Now, we as young people, we're a little newer in our faith. We have a ways to go. You know, even me at 30 years old, I have a ways to go. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to go find people to help you do it? Are you going to get involved differently? Are you going to sign up for summer camp and get in a cabin and build some relationships? Are you going to do a life group and really get to know those people and grow your faith that way? What are you going to do about it? That's the question I leave with you. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go into breakout groups. We're going to discuss this a little bit. The girls are going to go outside. The boys are staying in here, sixth grade up front, seventh grade over there, eighth grade over there where the girls are. Uh, and then your leader will decide.
dismiss you, but have some conversation, connect with one another, uh, and I will see you guys next week. Guest teacher next week, it'll be great. Uh, girls, I'll see you guys later. Go run, have fun. Boys, seventh grade over there, sixth grade up here, eighth grade over there.